Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Full Pod, the, found, uh, the podcast brought to you by the Foundation of Light. Thanks to everyone who's listened to the previous episodes with Paul Wright and Shane, and obviously we had Jack Gray last month. It's been a while since we we got together, uh, myself and Jazz, but uh, obviously it's great to, to get the podcast going again. So, Jazz, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Scott. It's good. Uh, it's good to reconnect. It is, yeah, it is definitely. Obviously, a lot of people are getting away from Zoom now and actually talking to each other face to face again, aren't they? So, <laughs> trying to uh, sort of get back, get back used to these these meetings meetings virtually. So, uh, today we have uh, Kate Smith, who has who was originally with the foundation many moons ago, um, and then joined Sunderland, uh, the club, uh, and then she's back with the foundation. Um, so, Kate, thanks very much for for joining us today. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks for having us. Uh, no problem. So I'll hand it over to Jazz. Thanks, Scott. So, Kate, obviously you were here prior to uh, the first lockdown when you originally started. So just to go back a few years, what first brought you to the foundation or what was it known as then? Was it just SAFC Foundation back then? Yeah, it was SAFC Foundation. So that was back in 2006. So I'd previously had experience working for the football club just after I'd left uni. Um, I'd done a bit in the media department at Hartlepool United Football Club. And I think at the time, Leslie, and obviously knew Leslie through the football club, and she just got in touch saying there was an opportunity to come and work for the foundation. So obviously just, just went for it. But initially I was brought in to um, manage the junior supporters club. You know, remember the, what Samson's ladder did, the 24-7? Yeah. So that was managing memberships and sort of arranging the fundays and things like that. Um, I think sort of it expanded while I was there. I used to do website, copywriting, um, collecting case studies and donor reviews. But at the time, the foundation was that small. There was only there was about four of us in the office and probably about 30 across the whole organisation. So because the team was that small, you just used to get roped into everything. Um, sort of um, whenever there was a soccer course, I used to drop the inflatable off. Um, I remember one top scorer, I had to go and collect some balloons in the van. And I ended up getting back in the van and they were all just knotted in the back. So it was like, quick, need to knot these balloons. Um, oh, I used to get roped into all sorts. So that was, I used to enjoy it though. It was good. Brilliant. So obviously when you moved to the club, you know, you might have been doing, you know, bits and bobs within the stadium, but actually being involved in the club, how did you find that transition? And then second part of the question is, when you were at the club, what were your, what were your top three moments? Um, the move was a strange one, actually, because what, what I mentioned before, you'd been that involved in everything in the foundation, sort of everyone mucking in together. And it was difficult to adapt to life at the football club because everyone just focused on one area. So people had individual responsibilities and it was kind of like you had to focus on your area rather than all just sort of mucking in. Um, but it, it did allow us to gain more skills in that, that sort of. I moved across and sort of 2009 and social media wasn't really a thing. So that was my thing to get the club launched on all the social platforms. So I made that my own job and obviously gained a lot of skills in doing so. Um, I covered games, uh, started covering the games as the team got bigger, got more involved in the marketing and the managing of the, like the CRM and stuff like that. So I did get a lot more skills while I was over there. Um, and it's probably the covering the games that, gives you the best memories you know obviously being in the Newcastle game with Paolo like being there in person experiencing that um obviously Wembley I remember half time at Wembley <coughs> we were obviously winning Barini had scored and I was behind the 
in the queue for a cup of tea in the press room behind Noel Gallagher. And he was winning because Man City were losing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's just so smug. But, um, yeah. I can imagine um, that was quite uh, quite entertaining to see, seeing here how he reacted to that. <laughs> surreal as well. You're in that moment and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm like, it's Noel Gallagher, but I'm not bothered because Sunderland are winning in a cup final. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What would you would you say that one was the the highlight of your sort of role within the club being at Wembley and, and experiencing that final, even though obviously they did get beat. Yeah, I think so. Um, that that probably all that season, obviously the greatest escape season, and being a Sunderland fan, just getting to see how it is on the other side, like on the other half, so travelling with the team at the games. Um, obviously it's the sort of experience you never would imagine, isn't it? If you were, if you were a Sunderland fan. Yeah, it's good stuff. Is that something you've always wanted to do, Kate, work within, within football to some degree, or is it just kind of found you kind of thing? No, I think when I was at school and when I was at obviously college and uni, I always wanted to write, and it was always sort of journalism I went down the path of. But obviously being a football fan, when once that opportunity threw itself up, like it was it was a no-brainer. But obviously, I've, yeah, on the back of it, I've had some like really great experiences and obviously followed the team all over the place, so... Yeah, hopefully them good times come again soon. Um, so how long did you spend at the club? Um, it was about 10, 11 years, all told. And then what was the appeal of coming back to the foundation from the club? So was there any real thing that made you go, I want to, I fancy go back and um, pick up um, where I left off kind of thing? I think I'd sort of, I felt like I'd outgrown your role at the club. There's only so many times you can keep doing the same thing and like, some of the things I really cared about across there, there wasn't a priority for people at the top at the time. Um, there'd been that many changes. I just kind of lost my way a bit. Um, and I'd always had a soft spot for the foundation and kept an eye on what they were doing. And I think another factor was it got intense doing all the games. So every other weekend I'd be away. Um, you'd go away on the Friday night and not get back till the early hours of the Sunday morning. And like, I'm not getting any younger. I've got commitments now. I've got a dog. I've got a husband. <laughs> so just, you, your priorities change, don't they, over the over the ten years? Um, and then obviously, seeing the foundation had a restructure and the digital vacancy came up. Like I said, I'd always kept an eye and sort of one day thought, yeah, should I come back? Um, but I had to wait up. It was like, am I being sentimental? Am I just going back because oh, it's the foundation and I loved it the first time round? Or did I feel like I could make a real difference in coming back? Could I offer something new? And I think after chatting to Jamie and chatting to Leslie, I thought, yeah, I could. It was it was a new challenge for us, and I could help help the cause. Brilliant. So obviously, with the you probably came back to the foundation at the the hardest time for you know for for any company really during the yeah. pandemic. So you've realistically only probably seen the difference over the last maybe a few weeks or a few months, but apart from, away from that, what were the what were the biggest differences you'd seen um, from when you were first here, aside from the beacon, obviously? Yeah, obviously the, the beacon is the big one, but I think um, obviously the size of the organisation, now, now it needs a beacon, whereas before, what I mentioned, we were in an, an office over in the stadium and there was like 20, 30 people in there. I think just the sheer amount of activities now and the amount of programmes that there is, some of them when I was here before, we're just in the infancy and now they've just gathered so much momentum and you've got, like, they now got their own department as such, um, obviously, and, and the Beacon has opened up that many more opportunities with the, the World of Work zone on site, the kitchens on site, it's just, there is, it's just doing so much more. 
I think it was, as well, like it's the desire to succeed. So when you, when when I've come back, that's still the same. So everyone's really passionate about what they do, um, about their areas and that element of teamwork that I mentioned before, that's still here. So that that's really nice to see, despite it growing as big as it has, you've you've still got that. What was what for you when you when you first sort of got back into the beginning and you got settled and stuff, what was the the biggest surprise for you in terms of I really didn't expect that to be, a, you know, to be an existence or to either still be gone or, you know, yeah. I, look at, yeah. I look at the kitchen, for example, like the Jamie Oliver kitchen, I'm thinking like, you know, I didn't expect that to be a thing, but, you know, it's, it's obviously, it's doing well, isn't it? So, yeah, like I said, it's just, there's that many different things now. It's so, so varied. But I tell you the, the piece, what I do really like the, um, the culture group. I think that's, although it's not a programme in itself, I think that's really important. And it's probably something that was lacking at the football club. And I think the work that does is really good. And for me, coming in during lockdown, that played a good part in keeping everybody in touch and obviously the social pages. And I think it's probably little things like that make a real difference, like to the organisation as a whole. Do you feel you can continue to grow here? Because like you were saying, the club side, you're sailing a little bit. Um, you you felt like the priorities were different. You feel like this is the scope to grow a lot more whilst you're here? Yeah, I, I keep repeating myself, I think, a bit, but it cost us that much going on. It, it can be different every time. There's that much to get involved in. There's that many projects on the go and obviously new partnerships and things. I mean, one of the things I got asked when I left the football club to come back was, um, is, it, is it a challenge for you? And I was like, yeah, I wouldn't be doing it not. And that was when I said I had to weigh it up. Was I being sentimental or was it actually posing a new challenge? And yeah, but I believed it was. It, it is, and I am finding that I'm still... Like you say, it's been a year, but it's been a year in lockdown. So still, I've I've still got a lot of stuff to get my teeth into, really. Yeah, I had a picture in my head of like you literally opening the big and going into work, closing the big because nobody else was there <laughs> the time you started. Um, in terms of you outside of work, what's your what's your passions outside of work? What kind of things do you like to do? Just the stuff that maybe haven't come across you yet that are probably new themselves that are listening to this. Um, well, it, it, it's all been flipped on its head in the last year, hasn't it? I used to love going to gigs, music, concerts, travelling, but obviously, and I thought stopping work on weekends and stopping going to all the away games would free up me time to do more things like that, but it hasn't happened. I'm now professional dog walker and well-versed in Netflix. <laughs> big, big Robbie fan as well. Oh, God, I think everyone knows that, though, don't they? I don't have to. Um, no, brilliant. I think in terms of... I've met him as well, you know. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know. Just in case anyone doesn't know that. <laughs> Tell us a story. Go on. He knew I was from Sunderland. Did he? So we went to Vegas to see him. Obviously paid for the meet and greet. Um, went in and we were queuing and uh, was chatting away. And he went, are you from Sunderland? I says, oh, yeah, yeah. And he pointed to Tony Jeffries because Tony Jeffries was over there and he'd been training him out in L.A. Um, so I had a bit chat there. And he'd actually watched Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix. <laughs> So he was um so he's talking about that. He says, Oh, I'm really pleased you got rid of Jack Rodwell. <laughs> um Not even he knows. I know that was the thing. So it was so obviously that's me. That's me claim to fame. Didn't he do it? Did he perform at the stadium? He did, didn't he? Yeah, he was um when Tate that came, didn't he? He when Tate that reunion was. I might have went to every night he was there. <laughs> you, you and Jen, shout out to Jen. Yeah. So yeah, we went 
four nights, I think they done, and we were we were at each one, yeah. Big Robbie fan. Hopefully they bring the gig back again soon because that was a big thing for the city, I think. Yeah. Um, and hopefully the f- that, that, that that is what I used to do. So sort of have at least one one or two a month. I would go to concerts and stuff like that, and obviously try and get about as much as I could. And hopefully once restrictions lift, you'll be able to make up for lost time and tick off a few off the bucket list. Definitely, I think um, probably one of the one of the last few questions just to just to start tying it down would be where do you see yourself in probably five years? Give yourself five years time, 2025, 2026, where do you, where do you see yourself within the organisation? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd still like to be here. Obviously, I, I don't know. Um, this, this, this wasn't on the list, Jazzy. I've never this one. I'm just trying to keep it off. <laughs> <laughs> proper on the spot. It's just um, trying to be a bit authentic. But in terms of your role itself, so, um, like you said, could we diversify into, like, we've got so much going on. Like, the YouTube stuff that we're trying to get off the ground. Yeah, I think, obviously, um, being brought in as digital manager, we've, obviously, we've got social media, we've got email, um, and you've got the website, but you can do a whole lot more with it. And sort of something I am interested in, and I think it'd obviously be good for the organisation, is like the data started of it and all of the analysis and things like that and the insights you can get from the data. And we're starting a project at the minute with um, with the website relaunch and, and bringing a sort of data partner on board and obviously going to get heavily involved in that. And just having that, and that's something when I'm saying about getting my teeth stuck into something that is so it's a data project at the minute and that's hopefully going to evolve and make things bigger and better for the foundation saved it saved yeah it. I've, I've pulled it back haven't i <laughs> done well done well there like jazz can't believe you put her on the spot like that <laughs> we're keeping it authentic scott keeping it authentic. Yeah. Nah, best way best way um so yeah so thanks thanks for your time today kate obviously it was a little bit last minute but um you know, it's, it's really, it's, for me personally, I mean, I've only seen you about a few times, but it's it's good to sort of get to know you a little bit better and hopefully you might you might actually talk to us next time I see you. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll not just do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but thanks very much for your time today. Um, really appreciate it. And I'm sure everybody who's listened um, will have definitely learned something about you uh, that didn't already know, apart from obviously the Robbie Williams uh, claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Okay, Peter Scott, and we'll catch up um, for next month's episode in next month. Next month sometime. Thanks, everyone. Thanks a lot. Bye.